the volume. This Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY for New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the sessions. Thanks for coming to hang out. Plenty of things to discuss on this episode. So Emilio and I recorded this a couple days prior to everything that went down um, on Dynamite for me to be able to make my debut with All Elite Wrestling. I'm like so excited to be a part of the team, um, to just be back in the world of wrestling. I am so excited with such a great group of people. The future is looking good and looking bright. I just, I feel so lucky. I feel like I've got so many like great things going on and this one is really the cherry on top of it all. So really, really excited. And, um, you know, as always, thank you guys so much for supporting me on the show. The show is staying exactly the same Tuesdays, Thursdays, the show comes out. Um, you guys can of course check out my, uh, my interview segment as well with the Cincinnati Bengals called Renee all day. And then, of course, you guys can now catch me on Wednesdays and Fridays with Dynamite and Rampage. Super pumped. But anyways, Emilio and I talk about all things about Renee becoming elite. Let's get into it. Oh, did you hear this? Listen. This episode is not brought to you by Diet Coke, but just know that I do have a problem. There, It's not a problem. I just love a good Diet Coke over some ice in a wine glass. It breathes. <laughs> it uh, gets to get some nice legs on it. I love a good glass of wine too, obviously, but that's for like once... The red light ain't on, you know, while the red light is on, Diet Coke me. Oh, Diet Coke you softly, brother? Please, brother. Diet Coke me softly. So delish. Listen to that first sip. Here's that first sip feeling. You hear that? Did you hear that? Wait, hear the fizz. This turned into an ASMR podcast. Here goes the first sip. Here we go. 
I don't actually sip like that, but I was over. I was over sipping for the show. Oh my God, right down the gullet into my belly. Here we go. That's how you start a podcast, everybody. This is Podcasting 101. Oh, you have to just slurp loudly and and make lip sounds and all of that. The fizz was it to me. I think it was the crack in the fizz. Everybody listening right now was like, oh my God, I wish I had a Diet Coke. Right. And I think everybody right now, listen, pause the podcast. Go into your refrigerator. Get one. Let's have a Diet Coke together or whatever your beverage is. A Diet Mountain Dew. A Diet Dr. Pepper. A Diet Dr. Pepper cream soda. Ugh! I have no sodas in my house. Of course you fucking don't. I'm a Drink weirdo. water and green tea. I do. Live a little. I know. I know, But I, oh God, I can't even tell you the last time I had soda pop. It's been such a long time. Really? Yeah. I don't have it. I honestly like, I like to have it in the house. I don't have it that often. But when I have it, I really love it. Like it's just so good. You know what I do miss? A good ginger ale. Yes. How good is a ginger ale? You guys had raspberry ginger ale down here too, like the Schweppes? Yeah, the Schweppes. Big, oh and, and they do that during Thanksgiving. No, they do the cranberry one at Thanksgiving, I think, don't they? Yeah, yes, yes. Because I remember when I was a stock clerk at my local supermarket, I used to have to stock all that. A stock clerk sounds like a different job than what that was going to be. I thought this was like a, like a clerical job that you were doing. Oh, no, no, no. I was, could you imagine me doing that? That's why I was like, wait, what were you doing? Was this, did you live another life before this? No, I was just doing manual labor and stacking Mm. groceries. And that was a nice title you got then. I like that. Well, that's what they wanted to give us because they were, they were paying us shit, but they were like giving us a fancy title. You were a stock clerk in a grocery store. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. So, um, I got to ask you a question. What's up? Uh, Is congratulations in order? It is an order. Congratulations is in order. Oh my God. Can I tell you how happy I am that like the cat's out of the bag? I don't like holding on to secrets. I, I not that it's even just like a secret, but it's like, you know, you do got to keep, you know, shit under wraps for a second. Um, so it's nice to just like have it out there. It's real. There's that other part of it too. And I think that kind of comes from like, The years of like doing jobs and like having the heartache of like, oh, it's not going to happen or I didn't book this job or the audition went bad or whatever. I know that's obviously not the case with this, but it feels like if you say something out loud, you're going to like curse it or something or like loose lips sink ships or something. I don't know. I'm the same way. It's like, don't don't say it. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very weird. So, you know, I had a pretty tight circle of people that I had told um and uh anyways yeah it's out there and I'm like so excited I'm so excited to be back in the world of professional wrestling and not that it feels like I it it does feel like I left in the in the sense of like being at the shows working at the shows being around the ring, shooting the shit with everybody, seeing what the creative looks like, all that stuff. Like, I love that aspect. And, you know, in the last two and a half years with us doing this show and of course, guys, the show still goes on just as usual. This, uh, you know, me joining AEW does not affect uh, the sessions at all. Um, I mean, other than getting like more great guests, but um <laughs> Which actually, you know, even to to give a little nod about that is like AEW has always been so great to us for for booking guests as as is. So 
it's already been an easy process. But um, yeah, I just, you know, it feels so cool to just be back in this world. Like, yeah, we've been able to be here and doing these interviews and you're still hanging out with people. It's through Zoom and you're having different conversations than you would have backstage. Um, we're not talking too much wrestling, wrestling. But now to be like back in it, like, God, I do miss it. I do miss it. I have missed it. Um, and, you know, for me to like, you know, obviously, shit, we watch so much wrestling in this house. We talk so much wrestling in this house. And it was always sort of like an odd, displaced sort of feeling anytime I went to shows with John, because I'm always used to like being at the shows, but working and being useful and contributing. So being there for the duration of John being at AEW and not doing that and just like being there, being like John's wife, and I'm just like hanging out and I'll pop through catering and grab a bite. And yeah, it's it's just a different feeling kind of going there as a guest as opposed to now being like, oh my God, yay, cool. I go here now. So, all right, let's do this because I, I, I want to back up a little bit. Let's, okay. let, let's back up. First back off, it up. folks, Beep. I want to go back to the Beep. two years prior. So, you leave WWE, right? And it, we don't have to cover that ground. That ground's already been covered. You, you said your piece. I just felt like I had done everything there that I could possibly do. And, you know, I think even too, like looking back at my time in WWE, and I just would like to like reiterate as well, because I feel like it can get very muddy in these conversations um, because people become very territorial about WWE versus AEW and all that. I want nothing to do with any of that. I love so many people at both companies. Um, WWE was so great to me for years, of course. Yeah, shit, I could have my gripes about things, but who couldn't about any job? Um, they gave me such a great platform and I had, I really did have a great time there. And obviously this opportunity now with AEW would not be afforded to me had I not had the reputation and career that I was able to have in WWE. So you leave you go off on your own, right? And this is the journey that you've been on and you've been crushing it. Here she goes, forging her own path. Miss Americana coming in hot. Canadiana. Let's be honest, though. You really have. In the short amount of time that you decided to bet on yourself, because it's very, <laughs> very easy to stay at a company that will pay you the back. Very scary when that money stops coming in, too. Let me just put that out there. That's a little bit of a gulp. Like, oh, my God, I left this job. Oh, wait, they're going to stop paying me when I leave? Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, trust me. I, I, my asshole got, got real tight that first time that those WWE checks stopped coming in, babe. I was like, oh, my God. I know. But you've done what you've done. This podcast has been number one in several different spaces several times. You've interviewed so far the biggest, the best, and the brightest, a lot of up-and-comers as well. But also you have maneuvered the show into the annals of pop culture now where you interviewed other people as well so you showed that you have a extremely like versatile reach where you do everything so much so that now you're working with the cincinnati Bengals. you saw that one coming right oh I, I did i mean you could just listen you could just tell when what and the one thing i like about you and this is not a kiss renee's ass episode even though we you know what it. let's make it that can we I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Obviously. Pucker up, buttercups. <laughs> Renee wants My her love on social is media. On. Let's go. Let's smooch it out. In all honesty, um, the stuff that you've been able to do, you really did fortify that I can hang outside of doing whatever it is that I was doing with WWE, right? And and it just goes into the fact that, you know what? They need somebody like you. They need your professionalism. They need your candor. They need your wit. They need your charisma. You know, now, 
you'll get into it, but like, I don't know what you're doing there. Is it, is it an on-camera role? Is it a producer's role? Is it a mixture of both? Like, do you know what you're doing there? Or did you just sign to do some on-camera segments to go off from that? And what was your decision to go back and do it besides you and John watching copious amounts of professional wrestling <laughs> and you missing professional wrestling? What was the thing to bring you back into professional wrestling because you did carve your own path and now you do have your own lane. So, you know, I think for me is like, you know, it's a really funny moment right now where I feel like over the past two and a half years, I planted a lot of seeds. And while you're planting those seeds, you're watering them. Are they growing? Is the thing doing what I want it to be doing? Oh, God, did I overwater something? Shit, this thing's dried out, blah, 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 all those different things that now I really feel like I'm at a point where they're sprouting. Some things are really coming out of the ground. And I think that's a reminder to myself, to anybody listening to this, that like, you know, when I left WWE, it wasn't that instant, like, cool, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. I didn't really have any like announcements. I wasn't, you know, I was doing my own thing and kind of grinding away, but it's not like I was like, I'm joining Good Morning America or like something like that, (laughs) you know, like I was home. I just had a baby. Um, That was like a whole ordeal. Obviously, like, you know, you're having a kid, you're pregnant for nine months, you figure out being a mom for the first time while also carving your own path and trying to figure all that stuff out. Um, So there's definitely like those ups and those downs and it's not that instant gratification. And I would be remiss to not say that there weren't times that I didn't think like, oh my God, I feel like I am batting my head against the wall. I am barking up the wrong trees. Should I just be like calling it for now and like just hang at home with my kid and like no shade to that at all. Like that's a beautiful option. And honestly, when I was looking at those, those options for me, it was like, I love spending time with my kid. How lucky would I be to be a mom that can spend that much time with her daughter? And I, you know, I still do get to spend a lot of time with my daughter. So it's not like, you know, of course I have these jobs that will take me away a little bit more as, as we figure out, um, you know, traveling with a kid and all those things that we have not figured out yet. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that one for the time being. We will, we're going to sort that out as we go. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just, it's those ups and those downs and now being able to see like, okay, cool. This, you know, to have the podcast be doing what it's doing, working with really great people at the volume, working with, with Colin to the fact that he wanted to bring us on so early on to us starting this podcast. Like that to me was like certainly a pat on the back testament to what we're doing. Eight episodes in. Yeah. Oh my God. To have to see like Colin Cowards in my DMs being like, cool show. I was like, excuse me, sir. What? Great. Um, so to like have that and now to like have like this opportunity with the Bengals, like that was something like coming from the world of wrestling and being known for just doing wrestling. It's really hard to break out of that mold. And it's not a mold that I wanted to just like shake off and be like, I don't do wrestling. I don't talk wrestling. That was not what I was ever trying to do. But as you are trying to get into other spotlights and into other lanes, it can be a little bit difficult to sort of break out of that corner that you've been kind of painted in. Um, So to have this opportunity at the Bengals and to have like my own series with them, get my foot in the door, talk to some other athletes. And, you know, of course, football players are different than professional wrestlers, but an athlete is an athlete is an athlete. They're, everyone's working hard. Everyone has different circumstances and all of those things. So for me to be able to, be able to like start a, a, a series with them, 
Renee all day, baby. So to have that happen and now this opportunity with AEW. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess going back to your question, which has now taken me approximately 35 minutes to get to answer, is that, you know, it's missing being around professional wrestling. It's missing that TV aspect of doing things. I love that I get to work from home. I love that I can pop upstairs, turn on the microphone, turn on the camera, do the podcast. Um, you know, I was doing hits for the NHL network all from right here as well. Like I lived a really great life of being able to work from home while we were all stuck in COVID. And that's just how everyone was existing to, to being like, yeah, you know, I miss that. I miss the crowds. I miss the lights. I miss the like outfits and the the like the aspect of like putting on like an actual show. I'm ready to get out of my fucking sweatpants is what I'm saying. I think there's a big difference in doing what we do and then when it is on. Yes. You got it. There is a different yes. type of thrill and is a different type of excitement. Yes. Yes. I was privy for a little while to to be during like the whole pop and circumstance of a of a live production like that and you know, I understand what it's like when you're there. It's a lot of excitement. It's a lot of moving parts. You're a part of that fixture and you're a part of that, that ever spinning cog. And I think it's, I think it's cool. I'm, I'm very excited to see what it is that you will do. So I'm going to fight someone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it might be that time, you know, to finally. Are you kidding me? At 37, all of a sudden I'm going to lace up some boots. Have you gone mad? DDP was damn near almost in his 40s. Actually, you know what? That's a really strong point. Listen, you slapped the Miz. I, like, you know, you could you could you could do it. I grazed the Miz. Maybe now <laughs> just saying, you know, maybe you put MJF in a Kimura. Just saying. Or maybe a heel hook. Wow. Okay, we're going for submissions. I th I think you're a scrappy fighter. I think you 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 bring it in and you, you <laughs> hook that heel. And like, oh my gosh. So how did the conversation start? Like, was it one of those things where, and you've never been staunchly goes, no, I'm not doing this. Like, that's never that's never you. One of the things that I love doing with you is, is the show is your openness to doing anything and interviewing almost anybody that piques your interest. Because again, you're a conversationalist and you like conversation. We don't really get anywhere from saying no. You know, that's something that I've really learned over the time is like, you never know, like, God, we've done episodes with people that I'm like, I don't really know anything about this person, so, you know, when we're like getting ready to do it or like, what's this person's background? What are we getting into? But then like those sometimes end up being like my favorite episodes when you're just like listening to somebody and learning and like all ears, all eyes. Like I, I love, I love that aspect. And that's, it's funny. I feel like I say that to people all the time. It's like, that. I feel like that's kind of what my career has been is saying yes to opportunities and making the most of them. I've never had this like clear cut. I'm going to do this one thing. Like, yeah, I've got, I've got ideas and I've got goals and I've got things that I want to do for sure. But I think a lot of those, they like break off from the ideas of things that I've already said yes to. So how did the conversation like get broached. Did Tony come up to you one day and was like, hey, this is what we're thinking. Would you like to do this? Like, how did that, how did that convo start? So it's kind of funny because as much as I had been around a lot, I really never talked to Tony about coming into AEW. And um, a lot of it was, this sound, this is probably going to sound bad and I'm sure people are going to take this out of context, but honestly, a lot of it was talking to John of being like, man, like I want to get back into, I want to be back in the wrestling world. I miss being around it. I miss doing stuff. And, you know, as he's like 
thinking about like what the shows look like and his role on the shows and all that. Like most of our conversations were internally between John and I um, about figuring out like, yeah, I want to do something. I want to come back. I don't know what that conversation is. How do like, how are we going to go about that kind of thing? Um, And him and Tony are obviously very close. Um, They spend tons of time talking about things. So I think it was more so like them talking about it because I don't know if it was like, I think a lot of people just thought that I was sort of like done with wrestling to a degree. And maybe they didn't want to like ask me to do something that thought that I didn't want to do, or they didn't want to step on John's toes or any of those things. Like it could have been, and those are all very real things that that could have been. Um, But yeah, I think like it was just the timing of everything. I want to be there as a broadcaster, as a personality. I want to be able to help other people if they want help or need help on things. Like I want to be an ear for people um, in any way that I can. Um, yeah, just kind of use, you know, my eight years experience having having worked in WWE to to seeing how I can sort of help in AEW now. Right. And and not to talk out of school because that's not this is not what we're about, but you can tell that they're on air like interview people. They need help. It, it need, they need some, some mentoring a little bit. Well, here's, here's what I'll say, though, too, is like I always think that the interviewer role in professional wrestling has been a very, God, what is like the word? I don't want to say like a misunderstood or undervalued position. I guess, I guess undervalued might be the word um, because a lot of times they're supposed to be invisible, so to speak, in the sense of like the way that a referee is. It's you're not there. You're not selling tickets. You're not the big character. People aren't coming to see you. So, you know, and that's always been like the vibe of like, don't say anything, don't react to anything. And then you end up with people that that do kind of end up being um, a mic stand. Um, that's always been how it has been. And I had to fight that my whole time in WWE of like trying to have subtle reactions to things, trying to get my personality out there more. And I think being able to achieve that over my time being there. Uh, but I, I think, you know, often the role of being an interviewer in a pro wrestling space can be a little bit of a funny it's it's very odd waters to navigate sometimes in terms of how much personality are we doing. How much of ourselves are we bringing forward? How can we make the talent better? How can we help the wrestlers better? How do we give them that spotlight during a promo, during an interview? And this is going to be a different situation with AEW as well, because, you know, my time with WWE was very much so like, here's the interview, here's the script, this is what we're going to do. And that's not how AEW operates. So that's exciting for me, given the time that we've had doing this show, me doing interviews over the past however long, is now I get to like actually interview people, if that makes sense. And not that I, you know, it's I was reading scripts before and I enjoy doing that, but this is a different like actually interviewing people about things. They would hand you the script. Let's just say, we'll just say this. Okay, um, my guest right now, Braun Strowman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest at this time, the monster among men, Braun Strowman. Braun, tonight you're going to be facing the beast Brock Lesnar. And how do you think you're going to overcome these odds? Like, that's how it is. And like, it's fine because you're just, you know, you're passing the baton. You're giving the guy the the moment to say what he needs to say. And that was smooth, he, by the way. Yeah, duh. <laughs> I like the fact that you can play with multiple like colors now when you're painting this broader picture. 
Yeah, and I honestly, I don't even really know what that looks like yet. And I need to be cognizant of that because I think it could be very easy to just go, oh, I'm just going to do the Renee Young thing again. But that's not what I'm doing here. When you are socially conditioned in the world of professional wrestling, specifically WWE, right? Because if you read like Twitter or like how people review the shows, everybody assumes because WWE has been around longer and they've been doing TV a specific way, every single wrestling company has to be the WWE broadcast model, right? Right. So you're socially conditioned already to assume that this person, not Renee Paquette, Renee Young, she's going to emulate this. So now like yeah. got her there, now she's going to do the same thing here. Well, that's not that's not the ethos of that company. That's and- also not how a person grows. If I wanted to continue to do that, I could have continued to do that, you know, more or less, where now it's, it is a different thing where it's like, first of all, and this is like, it's probably such a small thing to anybody else, but it really means a lot to me now to like be on camera represented as Renee Paquette and to have my actual name out there. It's like, it's huge. It's so crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is really cool. I didn't even realize like during my time as my name being Renee Young, uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's the name I go by now. Fine, whatever. But now to be like back as Renee Paquette and like really have that as a stamp is, it it means a lot to me. It's really cool. It takes a lot of work to not be the thing that you're used to people calling you. Yeah. John had to go through with it. You had to go through with it. I mean, a ton of other professional wrestlers had to do it as well, where it's like you have to shake off that other name and go back to the thing that that you want to be called or you want to be referred to as. I mean, there's some people still that call him Dean. And that's just the way it goes in wrestling anyways, where like, you know, it's funny. Him and I can walk down the street and for like every like five people that yell out the window, Mox, Mox, we love you, Mox. There's like one person's like, I love Dean Ambrose. (laughs) So like it still happens, you know, it it is what it is. But but. (laughs) your name is your name. And I think it's incredibly cool now that the slate or the next chapter is all, it's clean and the page is ready to be written on. And now you could tell your story your way and they're going to allow you to grow and develop however you see fit. So for you to come in, you're going to have a completely different scope of thinking where somebody that's in it already is already in the AEW system, might not look at it from a different set of peepers. And you might come in and say, hey, here's a crazy idea. Why don't you do it like this? I know you've been so fixated on it like this. Why don't you try saying something like this? And then like you're giving them a fresh option. I think that's like a really cool time too is like that that is the thing is like I think giving people different ways to think about things or look at things and especially with AEW where there are lots of wrestlers that have had tons of experience but it's different than having like television experience as well. You know, it's one thing to do a show and have matches, but I think when you're getting into like that, not not that I'm going to tell a wrestler how to like wrestle on TV, obviously I don't know anything about that, but like just in terms of like, you know, promos and all that stuff, camera awareness, all those things. Just to circle back, because you said initially the conversations were with John and then John and Tony probably had a discussion about it and then Tony probably had a discussion with you about it. It all happened really fast. Like it literally happened so fast where like all of a sudden like John and I have been talking about it and then like, yeah, it felt like the next day my manager is calling me being like, oh yeah, they're reaching out where I'm getting the you know, contracts coming through. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, wow, that was like a real quick turnaround. Holy shit. 
initially, what did he say with you? Like, did he like, what was his like words of assurance? What was like, not even the creative rollout. Um, but what did he, what did he tell you? Was there any like concerns or fears on your part to go from one company to the next company? Like what, what was that? Did you have any trepidation? Like how, how was he talking to you like during the process? Because interviewing him and just speaking to him in passing is a completely different beast as to now he's going to be your employer. How did that conversation go? Actually, it's funny because during all of this, I've not even talked to Tony all that much about it just because there's not really been much that we need to talk about until now I'm there. You know, I think it's like the lead up to is kind of like, cool, come in. He knows my skill set. He knows what I'm bringing to the table. So I think it's more of a let's get you in here. Let's just start working and I think we'll be like figure it out as we go. Cause yeah, I mean, he knows what I bring to the table in terms of, you know, my years of working in this, in this world and all of that to, to the stuff that I've been able to do outside of, uh, outside of wrestling. So yeah, I think it's a figure it out as we go kind of situation, but I, and that sounds like so vague, but I just think it's, it's not like I'm main eventing anything, you know, it's like I'm going to be out there conducting interviews and like being a, a personality for them. Um, so I think as those opportunities come up and we know that that's the narrative in which some of the storytelling is going to be told, I can come in and help out there. Would you ever do commentary again? No. <laughs> that was great. I shouldn't say no, but I also feel like... I feel like anyone that just heard you say that probably had the same reaction as me is like, no, thanks. We don't need that. We don't want that. And that's always how I felt about it, which is why I always feel like I have that really quick knee jerk reaction, because I feel like I feel like people had such a negative reaction to it. And it was, you know, it just it wasn't the thing that I wanted it to be. And could it be different in different circumstances? And we all know what those circumstances are. Could it be different? Possibly, because honestly, when I did commentary at NXT, I did have a good time and I did enjoy doing that. So maybe, but I don't know that that's the thing that I love doing. Like if there, if the opportunity made sense and it was something that everyone was on the same page about, like maybe, but I just don't see that being what I want to do. I don't know. I don't love like I like doing the TV stuff. I like doing the interviews. I like all of that stuff. I think like just being the voice during the entire show is just not really my thing. I'm not a soundbiter either. I've learned that real quick. Not a soundbiter. It was a question that I had to ask because they do have properties. You know, they have Dark Elevation and they have Dark and they have Rampage. Maybe and me and Big Show can work together. What about that? I think that would be a real hoot and or holler. Sorry, I meant Paul White. You know, yeah, you got to get used to say, could you imagine you said that live on TV one day? I'm with the yeah, Big I Show. Yeah, I could imagine that actually. Eeks, eeks, eeks. Big time. Yikes. Start the NFL week off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or you already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'm talking game lines, totals, spreads, player props, touchdown scorers, so many to choose from. You can build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built in for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. 
Just sign up with the promo code Renee. And if you don't already have an account, that's promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, to get free bets back if your same game parlay doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. So the one thing I'm looking forward to, and I guess this is this is the John portion of the whole thing, and um, it, 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 well, it, well, it's, it's also too, it's kind of not difficult, but sometimes it's, it's tough to not mention the elephant in the room at times because like, your husband is a large personality within this world, but you are also as equally as large. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm equally as large, but I'm in, I'm in my own lane. I've got my own lane and it's cool and it's good. And I look at equal as not in terms of like the resumes are different, but Renee, you have close to almost 4 million people collectively on social media following. That doesn't you. mean anything. No, it does because because they have to give a shit about you, not necessarily the man you're married to. They don't got to necessarily give a shit about the place in which you worked for eight years. They have to give a shit about you. And I don't know any other on-air host outside of Mean Gene that could command God the rest that sweet man's soul. Do you know how often I think about Mean Gene? I would like to have a quick little moment here about me and Jean because it's so funny. I went and got my nails done today. And every time I go to my nail salon, I pass a Capitol Grill. And I cannot pass a Capitol Grill without thinking about me and Jean Okerlund. So every time I pass it, I just think of him and I wrapping up doing a show in Stamford. We would go to the Capitol Grill. We'd throw back some cocktails. We'd eat some truffle fries. He would have his steak tartare. Um, and he's he was just the most exceptional human being. So anytime somebody even mentions my name in the same breath as his will always be like the coolest thing. He, and like from a talent perspective, of course, but like him as a human being. Oh, chef's kiss. I don't think you get you get it better than him. He was the voice of my childhood and into my teens when he was in WCW. So it's like should I bring back? Know, should you do so a hotline? Maybe I should do a hotline. You, could you imagine that in this day and in age? like honor of it? You should be like, guys, you come on the AEW podium and call me at one nine hundred nine zero nine ninety eight hundred, and it's just like, oh my god, guys, maybe I should do that for real. I think you should, but uh, but why I say that? But why I say that is because. Both of you had your own career path, and without ever saying it to say it in WWE, they allowed you guys to be different and never really put you guys together. So what I think is now incredibly cool about it is because you both have these large personalities and you both have these big resumes, I think it would finally be cool to address it as you actually do like one of the segments, and it's it's your husband. And... You know, you keep it business professional, but it's still nice to see that there's going to be, hopefully, 
a little bit of a husband and wife dynamic instead of always keeping it at like that weird arm's length kind of thing. See, I just don't know. I don't know about that. Is he comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with that? Is that something you guys would do? We've never spoken about it, to be completely honest. It's not something we've spoken about, but the way that I look at it and feel about it and like without like at the risk of sounding like super cheesy, it's like he has built something so special and so authentic and like great with what he does like he is just in such a great groove he he's the best like shit what he's been able to do within his time in in AEW within like you know the stuff that he does in the indies the stuff he decides to do like he is just in like this pocket and I never want to do anything to distract from that or get my own shit in there with what he's doing. You know, like, I feel like what he's doing, I just, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, me too. Don't forget about me too. That's my husband. Like, I think that's obnoxious as all hell. So I don't want to do that. Like, you know, if there was a thing, of course, you know, I'm not going to like pretend that I'm not married to the guy or act like I don't know him or something. Like, that's dumb. But I think in terms of like positioning myself or project like like making like an awareness to be like that's my husband and there's John Moxley's wife like I just don't think anyone needs that I mean I don't think they've ever really assumed or even said that's John Moxley's wife you know because again you guys have carved out your own lane and again that's why I said you know like I don't think you- people like not that people don't like the idea but I think like John just has such a a loner, lone wolf kind of vibe about him to be like, oh, the like cheery, happy girls, his wife. Like, it's just a weird juxtaposition that I don't know that works on camera in that way. Again, but you you don't know until you you try it and you figure out what you're comfortable with. And both of you are very creative people. So I, I see something being done in a, in a real creative way. I mean, again, 3.1 million people follow you for a reason. And that's just not... You don't get that type of fandom just by, you know, just like regurgitating stuff. So there's like a vested interest in you. Obviously, that we all know that there's a vested interest in John because like, you know, people come what out the woodwork. What a hunk that guy is. Oh, my God. That is a hunk. I mean, I get people, I get people in my DMs asking me questions about him. I don't even answer them. I don't even answer them. I can't. I don't know. He's eat, maybe he's eating a turkey club sandwich. I, I don't know. Fuck. Probably. Um, most likely. But, you know, I think it'll be incredibly cool if that is something that you guys decide to do because it's never been done before. I think we both, we've been able to like coexist in the wrestling world, I think really well because, you know, like how annoying would it be? Say we were doing a segment together and I like messed something up or like, I don't know, I missed my cue or who knows, anything, anything like that. And then you like, then you've got to talk about it. And then it's like, the, I think us having our own separate roles, we never step on each other's toes. Um, we both, I think, have like very, like an immense amount of respect for what the other one does that I don't, I just don't think those things really need to intertwine. Again, there, it's wrestling. If there's ever a moment that it does make sense and something like that does happen, cool. I'm not saying that I'm like against it. I just don't think it's something that ever needs to be forced or like harped on. No, but I think it would be kind of cool, like how you did it in WWE, where like you'd pop in and you'd give like the little flutter in the eyes or whatever. Like, 
you know, and he give like a little wink back and then do what he, you know, does, he does that Moxian thing. I mean, we would do some stuff from time, you know, even towards the end of his time in WWE when I was doing commentary. I mean, I remember like Drew McIntyre laying him out like through our commentary desk and I'm having to like, you know, obviously I'm going to go and check on him as his wife. So there would be instances like that, that, that made, he's, he went through the desk I was just sitting at. Of course, I'm going to like pop up there to, to check on him. Um, so yeah, I know it'll be really interesting to kind of like figure out how everything works but um yeah I'm just I'm super super excited about it and you know of course to be able to be on the road with John and all those things are great I think we said everything is there anything else that you want to you want to tell us do you want to tell us how much you're making <laughs> the terms of my contract well the terms of your contract <laughs> uh do you do, do you get like you know specific M&Ms in, in yeah I've got the, a really stiff rider <laughs> want yellow M&Ms peanut peanut butter only Sour cream and onion chips only, just the curved ones. I don't want the flat yeah. ones. Little little play area for Nora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's got she's the one with the demands. Hey, you know what? I think that's really cool too. That you can take the kid and show the kid like this is like, and she's gonna get a little older where it's like two to three to four. Where it's like now she's gonna like see. Oh, that's daddy. That's mom. That's one thing too. That yeah, as you know, the thought process of wanting to to come back and do these things too is like, I do, I think about it a lot of having a daughter that is watching me and she's going to be around and I want her to see me working and doing the things that I love to do. And I want her to, to be around and to see all that stuff. And yeah, you're right. I mean, as she is getting older and she's going to be backstage and these are going to be the memories that she's going to have, like she's going to start to enter those years where these memories stick in her brain and and she'll always have that with her. So that's something that's just like totally, it just means like so much to me to be able to have her around to do that stuff. It's a very cool and different childhood to have. And I think it's real special. You know, you can tell like there's just, listen, her her eyes light up when John walks in the room and she doesn't leave your hip. So it's incredibly cool. I can't wait to see when she actually lets and isn't shy of people where she will start to run around and be with people. I want to see the photos with her and Dan housing. <laughs> <I want to laughs> yeah. You know, you get to live twice. You get to live your life, but then you get to live through her eyes. And to me, I think that's incredibly special. It's really cool. I was saying to, I can't remember who I was having this conversation with, um, but I was saying like, I can't wait to know what her first memory of wrestling is. Is it going to be at a show? Is it going to be watching John wrestle? Is it going to be, um, you know, hanging out with Eddie Kingston? Like she loves Eddie, um, obviously who doesn't, but, um, or is it going to be her sitting at home watching like Japanese wrestling with her dad or, you know, I, who knows what it's going to be or like, is it going to be like, sort of like some like random wrestler that she has like a connection with rather than like some of the legends she's been able to like meet. Like who knows what it's going to be. It's so funny. All right. So I guess my final question is this, and this is how I'll end it. Cause it's the most important question. What's the wardrobe looking like? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't think I've not been stressing about this. I don't know. Again, like I'm figuring it out. Like, guys, please have a little bit of fucking grace with me because I live in sweatpants all the time now. 
I'm always just in sweats. I'm in a hat. I never brush my hair. So I'm like, oh God, how do I put on a cool outfit again? What does that look like? What am I buying? What do I need? Things have changed in the last two years. What's the look? What's the vibe? I don't know yet. I truly don't know. And I feel like I'm just going to end up with like way too many boxes of clothes at the house and I'm going to end up returning like 75% of it. Um, so I don't know. Stay tuned or like, I don't know, send me like a vision board if you guys have one. Are we bringing back at least like the jackets with the, with the, with the phrase on I them? I never got rid of them. I never are, got rid of them. Of course, I love a, a tassel suit? jacket. No, I think I'm kind of over the pantsuit. I think I've been there and done that. And like, I love them. Don't get me wrong. If I find something great, of course, I will throw that into the mix. I don't know. I don't know what the look's going to be. I love a good jumpsuit. I'm, I'm pretty, I like to mix it up. It'll be a little, it'll be a menagerie of it all. It'll all be out there. That's what I'm, but well, besides seeing what you're going to cook up, I'm very excited to see the outfits and to see what you, what you do. Speaking of things that I'm going to cook up, as much as we've announced that I'm working with Cincinnati Bengals doing Renee all day, I am all elite. Um, the podcast is strong and sturdy and onward she goes. Uh, I still have one more announcement, um, but I can't announce it yet. So everybody just let your buttholes keep puckering and we'll drop it soon. What an October you're having, man. We're going to call it tell you. Rocktober. That, that doesn't sound like Natoberfest. Natoberfest. I like that. Give me a wiener and a beer. That's it. Let's eh? just go. Eh? But, but honey, I just want to tell you that I am proud of you. I love you. I'm so happy for Thanks, everything that bud. you're doing. And I will hitch my wagon on your <laughs> coattails and just keep on riding the wave, baby. It's very exciting. Um, you know, a, a huge thank you to Tony Khan for for bringing me on and trusting me and my skill set to to contribute to the show. I mean, a, a show and a company that is still very much so in like its infancy of what the duration of it will be. You know, I, I think three years of doing something is not a lot of time at all. And as you're growing at like the the rate that they are and the talent that is all there at AEW, like, God, I'm just so excited to work with all of these people and to be a part of the broadcasts and to help behind the scenes any way that I can. Um, so yeah, hats off to, uh, to everybody at, at AEW and, uh, specifically Mr. Khan. TK TK, TK all day. TK all day. (laughs) Um, but listen again, for real, honestly, congratulations on everything you're doing. It is, um, it's, it is great to see. Uh, I, I, I knew the vision uh, when I when I first saw you, and we'll 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 get into that at a later date. But you sparkle, kid. That oh. ain't no bullshit. I'm I'm I'm. Thank you. I love you like a sister, and I'm very happy for you. So um, love you, Emilio. So you can catch as we Renee start every Wednesday and Friday, bitches. <laughs> Thanks to Emilio for hanging out with me, conducting the interview. It's very odd for me to like kind of be on the other side of things. Hopefully um, everything I said made sense and was cool and, and you guys understand um, that I wasn't just like yammering on. I feel like I was definitely like talking in circles sometimes. But anyways, very cool. Very excited. Um, shout out to Tony Khan. Shout out to all of the amazing talent at All Elite Wrestling. Again, I'm just so beyond thrilled to be able to uh, to join the team. So I'll see you guys on TV real soon. This has been The Sessions. Bye, guys. 